Welcome to this week's podcast from Fearless LA. For more information, check out fearlessla.com or explore the Fearless app. Thanks for listening. This is Fearless Los Angeles. today James chapter 1 verse 22 says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself touch your neighbor and say quit being deceived do what it says I came to tell a group of people tonight uh today uh, tonight's today what day is it I don't know Sunday amen fun day Super Bowl Sunday That the only way this thing works is if we just do it. Yeah, it doesn't work coming and being religious and sitting and having a nice Sunday service. But really, if I were to be an honest pastor to you and not be politically correct for just a moment, play both sides of the fence. Because in every church, there are people that, you know, when you go to a pool, there are people that that dive full on into the deep end, throw off their shirt. They're going to splash everybody. And then there are others that, that, that will put a toe in and a toe out and a toe in and a toe out. And they got their suntan lotion on and they don't want to rub it off and then there are even others who will sit on the edge and kind of just talk to you they got their shades on and uh, then there are even others who never ever touch the water they just come and look the part and look nice and then they leave and this is how many pastors preach to their congregations but this is not the type of pastor that I am I I just I I, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to force the water down on you I'm just saying come enjoy what God is doing because it is awesome it's not like a cold pool this is something that will radically revolutionize your life. It's not like I have this new coffee and I'm trying to say, you need to drink this. Once you drink this, you got to drink it. You got to drink it. I'm not a salesman. I just want to tell you about the drink that I've tasted. It's organic. It's it's amazing. I mean, the beans they roast in some other country. I don't even know how to say the name by these farmers that have done it since they were seven years old and they ship it over, it's vacuum sealed. I, you gotta taste it, man, it is amazing. And here, I'll buy you your first cup. In fact, there was one that came that bought you all the cups you'll ever need and his name is Jesus and it's amazing. But this thing called the gospel only works when you swallow the whole pill, all of it. So I don't wanna give you half and say, hey, just kinda come halfway in. Because you'll love it. Because you want that way. Because that's called religion. That's called worshiping of a moment. But when you start worshiping Jesus, you have to actually let go of self and dive all the way in. And if you want to taste this today, God is good for serving out today some good stuff. See, I I didn't come to be a preacher. I came to ignite a fire in an army of revolutionaries that say, man, we're sick and tired of hearing about God. We want to experience him. Don't tell me about the water. Get out of the way. What if a group of people said, man, we're just going to do it. We're just going to do the word. We're going to get out notes. Man, I dare you to take notes today. I dare you to chop this up today. I dare you to take this into your devotional time on Monday morning and Tuesday morning. I dare you to get alone with God and see what he has to say to you. You ever been alone with someone? You're kind of like, oh, this could get awkward because we're actually going to get real. You've been driving in a car and it's just that awkward silence for a moment because you really don't know what to say. 
you, you kind of throw out random conversations and give them surface stuff. But if you're in a long drive across the country, you got to start opening up at some point. So the only way to get to know God is to jump into life with you and say, God, we're going to have to get alone sometimes. And we're going to do this together. But when we scatter, I want to take what we learn together. And I want you to start. I don't, don't want to just learn from a pastor. God, I want to do the word and it to, it to go through me and change everything that I am. And if that's you today, would you just wave at me just for a second so I know I got the right crowd? You see, the disciples, the moment that they finally just did it, they went from being shocked by God. The disciples were always shocked by God. They're like, he's like, would you feed these people? And they're like, we don't have any bread. What are we going to do? And he's like, he's like, no, I'm not talking about real food. I'm talking about would you feed them spiritually, feed my sheep. And uh, just moments. I mean, they, they try to crown him as king whenever the people would shout, like, uh, you know, he's, he's the Messiah. He's the, and, and they try to crown him. They lifted him up. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But they didn't realize that he was going to die on a cross. I mean, he was always shocking them. They, they were in a boat, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's a ghost. We're going to die. And it's Jesus. He's like, hey, it's me again. It, it, was, like, it was like they couldn't, like they just couldn't get with the, that he's going to keep on shocking you. <laughs> Everything he does is shocking. We didn't have enough food. Bring me that little boy's lunch. Bow. I mean, and, and he says, oh, why don't you pass it out? They're taking baskets of food and fish, and it's multiplying. They're freaking out. I could picture them weeping because everywhere they went with Jesus, he shocked them. And they didn't change anyone. No one came because Peter was there. No one came because John was there. No one showed up on the side of the hill. The 15,000 didn't come for, for Bartimaeus. They didn't come for Thomas. They came for Jesus. They came for who shocked them. And it was the shocking ones because seeing is believing. And when someone shocks you, you want to find out more about who they are. And they didn't change anyone until they became like Jesus. They went from being shocked by him to becoming the shocking ones. From being astonished to becoming the astonished ones. What if we actually looked like Jesus because we became doers of his word in this city and we were done being shocked by, have you ever been shocked by God? You pray for someone for healing and they get healed. Are you really healed? Try it again. Try it again. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm gonna, let's film this. Come on. We got we to tell people. We got to tell. And you're all excited. And it's awesome. And it's like you're a little kid. But what if we got to the point where like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course you got healed. <laughs> what if I became like that? What, what if when this place exploded, I was like, oh, yeah, of course God's going to pack this club out four times in a day, five times in a day. Why? Because because we are the shocking ones. People are drawn to what they can see. And I don't know about you, but I want to go light up the darkness. I want to be the light that's not afraid of the darkness. And the darker it gets is the more you can see the light. Go out to the mountains, and for the first time, maybe in your life, if you've lived in L.A. the whole time, you will see the stars. Because all of a sudden, the darkness, when the lights fade away, and there is no light but the light of the stars, the light of the stars becomes brighter because it's darker. So the darker the environment you're in, the more shocking we should be. And the more drawn to Jesus people should be. There was a moment of exchange that happened in the upper room that something shifted. The disciples went from fearful, worried, nervous, afraid. They were hiding in the upper room because they were afraid. They were running because they were afraid at the crucifixion, at the cross. The disciples weren't there, man. Half of them were running away. Peter was cursing out campfires, 
uh, scout girls. I mean, they were, there was no one there except for John and two ladies. His mom was one of them. Always mom's going to be there. But something shifted in that upper room where they went from shocked to becoming shocking. What if today we could have that kind of exchange that when you left the exchange today, we became the shocking ones is anybody ready to become the visual of Jesus in the city? Because it's not, it's not hearing that's believing, it's seeing that's believing. Yeah, you heard. What was that? What was that? And what's the next thing you do? You look for what you heard. Because it's not the ears that are the final floodgate. Because if it just comes through the ears, anybody and everybody will come along and have an opinion, a different opinion about what they heard. Oh, I think it was this. I think it was that. But as soon as you see, no one else can make any other suggestions or opinions. As soon as you see, if I walked up to Josh, who's sitting on this front row taking notes. I love you, man. You're not Instagramming, right? No, okay. Uh, good. Uh, I walked up to Josh yesterday. I met Josh on the streets yesterday. And, and I said, I, I was hanging out with Josh yesterday, and you came up to me, and I was telling you about Josh, and you're like, no, you weren't hanging out with Josh yesterday. What would I say? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? I, I was hanging out with Josh yesterday. I saw him. I was around him. I was with him. No one can talk you out of it because you saw it and heard it. What if we started not just talking about Jesus and hiding? Nervous there's someone out there. Jesus loves you. <laughs> what if we actually just came out from hiding and we showed the love of Jesus as well as talked about it? When the disciples started doing that, they turned cities upside down. The same cities they were hiding in, the enemy started hiding in. Because when the disciples showed up, things would shift, man. The whole town would give their life to Jesus. Look, this is not, we're not salesmen. Let's just go enjoy what God gave us outside of this building. Let's worship out there like we worship in here. And let's just be the light. And when we're the light, people will want what you have. But if we look like this, hope God turns up. Hope something works out. Then why would they ever want what we have? I don't want what you have. The disciples went from shocked to shocking. And heaven called them legends. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are a legend. I want to preach a message simply entitled, Lighting Up the Darkness, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. I am legend. I came to tell a church, the last sermon in this series, I want to title you what heaven is titling you right now. The definition of a legend is this. We have it in the PowerPoint. It's a person at the center. Touch your neighbor and say, you are at the center of an epic story. One possessing, say it with me, supernatural powers. You see, the Bible is not continued. There's not more books. Not because there's not more to write about. Not because you're not being written about right now. Because every day of our life is written about. When we get to heaven, we're going to see every day laid out before one of them came to be. But you are the final generation 
to live on this earth. You are some of the fine. These are the last days. And heaven is writing about us right now. There's no one after us that needs to read about us because we are legend. We are the group of people. Look, look around, man. This is not normal. I go to churches all over the world. There's not this many young adults and, and young at heart people in one building and nightclubs. This God is doing something in our day and age that is shifting something. If you are a testimony of that, God has done something pretty radical in your life, and you feel something is happening in these last days, would you give Jesus praise for about 30 seconds? I am legend. I'm at the center of a supernatural epic story, man. I'm not just breathing and taking up space. The goals of my life is not to have a certain size house or drive a certain car or have this many kids. No, the goal of my life is to be a father to the fatherless. The goal of my life is to depopulate hell and populate heaven. The goal of my life is to be a son of the most high God. The goal of my life is different than the American dream. Not that I'm against America, but there is a different place that I'm from I'm from another kingdom and the kingdom I'm from is the kingdom of heaven and we do things different up in the kingdom of heaven this world isn't the end it's actually the beginning and I am legend I hope y'all are ready for me tonight because this is this is this is not just Super Bowl Sunday this is Super Soul Sunday for me Say, so why do you give us the definition of legend because I just wanted to just hit your brain for a second because the battle is in your mind because if you are legend, then there are some things you can't be. If you're a legend, you're not an idiot. If you're a legend, you're not a loser like they said or like they thought or like you said over yourself. If I am legend, I cannot be at the same time worthless. I cannot be at the same time dirty. I cannot be my past or what I looked at or what I thought about. If I am legend, I cannot be judged by the numbers in my paycheck or the place that I live. It's not a place that I live here. It's a place that I already have a home in there. If I am legend, I'm not last pick. I'm not left out. I'm not left behind. I'm not a failure. I'm not a quitter. I'm not who you thought I was by the cover. There is something deep down inside of me that I'm just trying to work out how to get out. If I am legend, I'm not a mistake. I'm not an accident. My parents didn't dream me up in the backseat of a car. I was planned for this earth. I'm not the son of a prostitute or the son of a broken person. I'm a son or a daughter of the king, the most high God. If I am legend, mm, I cannot be measured by the person next to me or the friendships I have or my IQ. You cannot judge me by that. If I am legend, I am at the center of an epic story. I am God's first choice, not last pick. He picked me first. He chose me even though I wouldn't choose myself. I'm on God's team. I'll vote for a team today just to make Sean mad. But ultimately... I'm not a fan of the team that I'm on. I play on this team. And I've been chosen by the coach to come in the game. And the heroes of faith were the first people on the field. And the game didn't finish. They ended after the first quarter. And God called 
whistle call called Johnson on the field. And he called all the people in this room on the field. See, you can either be a fan of Jesus or you can realize your place is to play in the game of life and to win and change the score. I don't know about you. I came to look for some people that want to change the score outside this room and have the power to do so. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. If you can put that up, I want us to read this together. 1 Peter 2.9. I am a chosen person. I'm a part of something big. I am holy. I belong to God. I will praise him who called me out. Somebody say, called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. Come on, if you believe that, would you give Jesus a shout of praise? I was chosen I am loved, I am the head and not the tail, I am above and not beneath, I am a royal priesthood, God has chose me, no matter what has come against me, no matter what has come at me, greater is he who is in me than anything that... I am loved by God. I am forgiven by God. I was created in his image. I'm not a carbon copy or a look-alike. I look like Jesus. I'm healed by his stripes. And because of him, not me, not you, I have eternal life. Can we go deeper? Because you might be in this room and say, man, it's great. Thank you for the motivation speech. It's like my self-help class. But we're going to go beyond self-help today. Is that okay? Because I, I, I would agree with you that, that sometimes in life, uh, it's almost like if this is a kingdom of talk and of power, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm very powerful at all. I, I don't know if I have really much to offer. You know, if we could line up all the heroes of faith and all the heroes in this room, I mean, really, and we put me in line, I'm the kid that doesn't get picked for the team. <laughs> or if I get picked, it's because God just feels bad. If this is a kingdom of power, not just a kingdom of talk, then, then I, I'm not a legend, Pastor. I'm the least, man. I mean, if, if, if we just put my thoughts up on the screen from last week, uh, I would be so embarrassed. I'd probably run out of this. I mean, I just got back into this joint. I don't even know if I'm all the way here. I'm kind of tiptoe on the edge of the pool. Hopefully I go in. Maybe someone will push me in. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, even if you ask my family, they don't even really know who I am. I mean, some of the things that I think about, the crazy things, man. I can't even tell you because you will hate on me just for me opening up my mouth. If I gave you the real me, it would be least. If Moses said hi to me in heaven, man, that would be pretty cool, but I don't think he'll even notice. I probably got some back place. I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to get into the gates like kind of the little kid at the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know, I don't know if, I, if, if I met all these players. Like, I don't have a jersey probably. Like, I'm the water boy. I'm... And the saddest thing about that is whatever you believe, you will receive. So if you believe you're the least, then for the rest of your life, you will try to perform for God to become greater in his eyes when he already put greatness in you. And whatever you believe, it's where you're at. If you believe you're a loser, you will act like a loser. If you believe you're a failure, you will either try to outlive that for the rest of your life or you will become a failure. If you believe you're stupid and you live off of those words that they said, you will either have straight A's to prove them wrong or you will have F's because why even try if this is a kingdom of power, I'm the least pastor. So why are we talking about this? Can we go deeper? Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, I, I want to help 
uh, give you some new glasses today. Can I do that? Because it's all a matter of perception. Whatever you see, you believe. So what if we just change your vision? Give you a new lens to look through today. Can I do that? Can I just open up this word and we'll give you some new glasses so you can see things clear, maybe for the first time in your life, and you can walk out of this place, not the least, but a legend. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. It says, I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, which would be everyone, there is not risen anyone greater. Somebody say greater. Somebody say anyone. So is that everyone? Yeah, that's everyone. There is not risen anyone greater. There's no one that's climbed the ladder higher than John the Baptist. Wow. And we may not realize why Jesus had to preface this statement with, like, hey, guys, just want to let you know what I'm about to tell you. I know it's going to seem like I'm not telling the truth. The Son of God came to save the world. I, I, you know, I, know, I know you know that I only know truth. I am truth. But just to let you know what I'm about to say, I'm telling you the truth. And among those born of women, there has not risen anyone, no one in the entire world, greater than John the Baptist. What Jesus was saying to the people at that time who had their, their basically their baseball cards or their basketball cards or they wore the jersey, Moses, or they had the baseball cards in a sense of David, the heroes of faith, if we could just be like David. Jesus, when he stepped out and said, this dude named John that wears camel's hair, looks a little different, and eats locusts, he's got the sick man bun going on, that dude, hipster, first hipster ever lived, that dude, He's better than any man to ever be born of woman. What he was saying is he would have been greater than Moses. Moses, who led over three million people out of the slavery. <laughs> it's hard for me to lead 400. That's a job. That's a tap. But to lead three million, and these aren't great people like y'all. They are complaining people. Turn around. Are you trying to kill us? What's going? If we could put up the top leader in the world, I don't know if they have the ability to lead three million people. You say, how do I know that? We'll just go watch the Donald Trump show, uh, the, the Apprentice, and watch Donald Trump try to lead some crazy celebrities. Moses was probably the greatest leader that ever lived. I mean, Job, if, if he would have been greater than Job, Job, Job would have been the biggest giver in this room, man. He lost everything. God allowed the enemy to take everything, including his family. <laughs> Imagine God allowing the enemy to take your family. I don't think this makes sense in my brain. Everything he had, one of the wealthiest men uh, to come ever, and he lost everything. And he was a giver, though. All he had left was his hair. So he walked to the altar when his wife said, curse God and die. Let's, 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 let's commit suicide because this God doesn't love us. He said, no, watch out. He grabbed the knife, cut his hair off, and put it on the altar, and God stood up. But, but John would have been a greater giver than Job. He, he would have been a greater warrior than David. I mean, we talk about David, uh, the, the, the giant killer. But what about the fact that with his own hands, killed a stinking lion and a bear? I mean, he would have been greater than any athlete to play in the game today. There is not one of them that with their bare hands could kill a lion and a bear. But David wasn't just a warrior. He was a musician warrior. He, he, he was called upon to play worship before the king of the entire land. Can you imagine being so good at music and so powerful that President Obama was given your personal number and invited you anytime you want to come play and serenade him? That, that would be a pretty incredible worship leader. But John 
would have been greater. It would have been greater than Nehemiah and Nimrod and Ehud and Gideon who led 300 people to overcome thousands of warriors. He would have been a greater king than Solomon and Hezekiah and Josiah and Isaiah and Barak and Medekiah and Esther and Jonathan and Joseph. Joseph, who they gave him a coat of many colors and Potiphar's wife tried to come at him and he just lost his coat and ran, ran from lust. A man that could run from lust like that. What a powerful dude. And Joshua, we know Joshua brought the walls down with a shout. That's a worshiper. But John would have been greater than Noah who had never seen rain but trusted God. Never seen it. Can you imagine? Never even knowing what rain looks like. And God said, I'm going to flood the earth. Start building an ark. <laughs> Everyone's calling you stupid. Everyone's saying you're an idiot. But he was faithful. But John was greater than all of them put together. That's why Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You won't believe me because John may not have a cool stick. He doesn't have a great shout. But there is something that John has that none of these people had. He said, John is the greatest. John, thanks for coming today. Because we wanted to introduce you to this crowd in 2015 of world changers. And Jesus tells us that you are the greatest man to ever live. So I, I want you to climb down right there because we got enough names. And I want John to climb to the top. Yeah, see, the greatest conquerors. See, John, John wouldn't have been greater than just the people in the Bible. <laughs> the greatest man was only the people in the Bible born of women. No, everybody. So the greatest rulers, the greatest kings, the nameless, the faceless. John would have been the greatest man to ever be born of woman. You say, so why is John so much greater and why does that affect me? I'm glad you asked. John chapter 1 verse 6 says this. And it tells us why John was the greatest man to ever be born of woman. It wasn't his height. It wasn't how fast he was. It wasn't what he wore. definitely wasn't what he ate. It says this in John 1 6. It says, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was, his name was, he came as a witness to testify. Here's why he was great. Because he came as a witness. Somebody say witness. To testify concerning the light. Who is the light of the world? Who is the light of the world? Come on, say it again. He came to testify concerning the light so that through the light, not John, all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light, the true light, Jesus, that gives light to every man. Now look at this, watch this. So John, all he had to do to be great was not do. All he had to do is to be. And because of where he positioned himself, can you imagine if I'm John and Jesus is here? John was not the light. He just positioned himself to introduce the light. And based on how he positioned himself, his position pointed not to him, but to the light. And based on his position in time and space and this moment, he became the greatest he didn't split a sea. He didn't build an ark. He didn't kill a giant. All John did was position himself in proximity with the light. John had no light in himself. 
He was a reflection of the light in Jesus. John was a lot like our moon. Comes out at night and it glows. But it doesn't glow because it has light. It glows because it reflects the light that has positioned itself with that is so powerful that it can be on the other side of the world. And as long as he positions him, it can be the, on the other side of eternity. And as long as he positions himself with the light, as long as he comes under, that's why you can't do this thing halfway in and halfway out. You look like a crescent moon and nobody's drawn to it. But when a full moon comes out, things start shifting in our world. Atmospheres start changing. The ocean starts going back and coming in in high tide and low tide because the moon positions itself with something greater than it and that greater thing is reflected in it but at the end of the moon what they're looking for is what is causing this light where's this this is not new see that's what our life is to be when people look at us at the end of the day we're hoping that they don't see us they see Jesus that is reflecting on us John was the greatest man to be born of women because none of these other people had the opportunity to position themselves exactly where he positioned himself. None of the others had the opportunity to play in the fourth quarter when all of it counted. And John became the greatest because he chose to answer the call that was on his life. Say, how does that, how does that affect me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Can we go deeper? Because the rest of this verse says this. Are you ready? Matthew 11, 11, the end of Matthew 11 says, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, there's not risen anyone greater than John. Matthew 11, 11, I hope you have that. And then the end part of it, please have that. Good. Greater than John the Baptist. So let's finish the verse. What does the rest of it say? Yet he who is the, in the kingdom of God is greater than John. So why don't you go knock John off real quick, because, John, you stand up there, but there's someone that came after you that's greater than you, and it's the least in the kingdom. I tell you the truth, there's not risen anyone greater than John, <laughs> but John is at the bottom compared to the least in the kingdom of God. I'm just the least, I'm just a nobody. No, you're a legend. Even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Did you know the Bible actually says in Hebrews chapter 12 that there is this great cloud of witnesses. They are cheering us on as we are in the battle for souls in this world. And they ran the first race. And many of them were sawn in two. They, 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 they were put to the test for their faith. They hid out in caves, holes in the ground. They gave it all. But many of them never got to see what was promised because God had a better plan for us that only together with us would they be made perfect what do you mean we are to finish the game we are the second quarter God put them in the first half and he's put us in the last half and it's not that you're better but everything counts more at the end of the game there is something that's shifting in this earth now because the least have showed up but even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John Jesus kept saying this word when he showed up, kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. If you read all through the Bible, it just kept pop out. The kingdom is upon you. Uh, uh, let's pray like this. Uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done. He would say things like, if you, you, you're going get, to get kept out of the kingdom, uh, if your arm keeps you out, this is how bad you want to be in the kingdom. Cut your arm off. He <laughs> just, just walked away. I'm going to be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to sign up for that. 
If your eye keeps you out of the kingdom, pluck it out. Now, I'm not talking about plucking out your eye, but I want to tell you the, the weight of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom. If something keeps you out of this new setup, uh, just do anything to get out of it. If your mind keeps you out of this new setup, put your mind aside and trust the mind of the Lord. Put your mind on the things of heaven because you are a legend. You are chosen. Well, what was he talking about, the kingdom? What he was saying is I am a king, and I am from a kingdom, and this kingdom is not mine, but I came down to your kingdom. Kingdom because you couldn't get to mine, but I could get to yours because I have all power. I have all authority. And I came down to get to you because you couldn't get to me. It's why I died outside the city because the broken and the hurting were outside of the church, outside of the place of worship. You didn't have what it takes to come in. You didn't have the right pedigree, but God chose to come to you because you couldn't get to him. I'm just a preacher up here, but there's nothing more in me than a human being. I am a son of God, just like you. And he he came to me because I couldn't get with him. But once he got to me, he changed everything. The kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. What he was saying is I'm a king from another kingdom. And now the king and the kingdom is upon you. So wherever the king shows up, he takes over. This wasn't my kingdom. It was given away. I gave it to my son, Adam. He gave it away to the snake. But I came back, and he's a dragon now, but I'm a dragon slayer. And I got some dragon slayers in the house. And I'm a king from another kingdom. I'm an alien of this place. But I came, and once I showed up, I came to take over. Not to ask opinions, not to have conversations with the enemy or with fear. Oh, you go here, it's yin and yang, and I'll go there. No, I came, I'm the light, baby. I came to take over, and I came to change everything with the least. And if you are least, you are legend. Come on, say it with me. I am legend. He kept saying these things when he showed up. I want to show you this because we know that we are legend, but when he showed up, his kingdom actually was birthed inside of us. It was different than all of these. That God came upon Gideon to do a great exploit. God came upon Nimrod and Nehemiah to build the wall and David to kill a giant and be king. But God doesn't come upon people and rent the house anymore. He knocks at your heart and says, I want to live inside of you. I'm going to live in heaven and live on earth. But in earth, I don't want to be trapped in buildings or steeples or between candles. I want to be in your heart. I want to go with you wherever you go. If you go into dark I'll be your light. If you run into the school or the workplace or where you're from or your family, I will be with you. Never leave you. Never forsake you. What can separate you from my love? Can height or depth or demons or hell or fear of tomorrow or worry about today? No, it is dangerously inside of me. He started saying things like this uh, about this kingdom. John chapter 12, verse 36. I want to show you the most powerful thing about the kingdom. Why am I greater than John? Because you're not a reflection anymore. You're not the moon. You don't have to find the right position. When the kingdom comes and lives inside of you, you're not reflecting Jesus. Jesus is in you. Watch this. John chapter 12 verse 36 says, put your trust in the light. Who's the light? Don't put your trust in me. Don't put your trust in fearless. Put your trust in Jesus. While you have it, so that you may become sons. Somebody say sons. Now that word sons does not mean like, oh, sons, and we left the daughters out. That is a position of authority, not a, not a sex or a gender. You may become sons of the light. Huh. You know what a son is? 
A son is a perfect embodiment of the father. You are not a, not a carbon copy. You are not a made up. You are not kind of look like God. You are a perfect embodiment of the light. You say, what kind of light? We've heard this all our life. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. If you've been in church long, you know what I'm singing, right? If you haven't, you're like, that's the weirdest song I've ever heard. <laughs> this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. If, you're, if you know it, help me out. Uh, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine it all over L.A. I'm going to let it shine. Shine it all over L.A. And now you can know why I'm not a worship leader. Amen. <laughs> and then I get into this other part. Don't let Satan it out. Blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Right? But I think that song's demonic. Not just because it's a weird song. Because that's not true. Because the light I'm talking about isn't a candle. <laughs> Satan has no ability to blow this light out. I'm like, oh no, I gotta be afraid. Don't blow it out. Is it like a is it like a flashlight? I ran out of light. The battery seed recharging. Bring me to church. Recharge me. I have no light. No, it's not a flashlight. It's not even like Christmas lights. Like if you lose one thing of you, if you, if, if all the lights aren't perfect. Aligned. If you don't live it perfect, then all the lights go out. It's not like that. No, no. It actually tells us what kind of light this is. 1 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 starts to tell us. It says, for the God who said, remember that moment? Let light shine out of darkness. Remember that moment? Beginning of the earth where nothing was. It was all void and darkness. The God who stepped out and said, let there be light. What happened when he said, let there be light? light every star the sun all the suns not just on our planet but on all the planets combined that kind of light look at let the light shine in their heart that gives light and knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ Matthew chapter 13 verse 43 takes it all the way over the top baby then the righteous in case you haven't got it yet will shine like the not S-O-N. Just to give you a picture of what it looks like to be a child of God, to be the least, you're going to shine like the sun. We have a picture of the sun. I know we see the big one, but this is up close and personal. That thing coming off the side, that's called a solar flare when the sun decides to burp. Shuts down satellites. We can't even get close to it. It's so gnarly. We can't, we can't explore it. It's too powerful. And this little thing to the, to the right, I don't know if you can see that little blue dot. <laughs> That's not how close we are, thank God. <laughs> We'd have a lot more tans. But that's the size of the earth in comparison to the sun. And here we are in the earth. God, how will you ever use me? God, are you real? How will I change my world? God's like, how will you not? How will you not? Do you know... Do you even know who you are? Do you know what it means when you say, Jesus, come live inside? It doesn't mean you're religious now or you're perfect. It's the dead coming alive. It's the dark being bright. When the sun, can you hide the sun? Can you block out? We try to build umbrellas and structures, and we put suntan lotion on. But if you go to the beach, baby, at one point or another, that sun is going to get you. Because the sun is too powerful for you to hide from. 
They said to run the sun. If we tried to run the sun with our power companies, it would take the sum total of all the world's wealth put into a bank for 7 million years. The amount of money to run the sun for one second. That's the power of the sun. Do you understand? It's not the, the biggest sun or the brightest. It's just one of the suns in our solar system, in our universe. There's a sun that is 100 billion times brighter than our sun. You think God was talking about this one or that one? You are legend. Why hide? Actually, here's the fact you can't hide. Jesus doesn't ever give you the opportunity to hide by that verse. Don't hide a lamp on it. He goes, he's telling you, look, I didn't light this inside you to hide you. I lit this inside of you to reveal you to the world so they could see not a reflection of me, but they could see me in you. I want people to see him in me. I want to walk around this earth and I want to light up the darkness. We were just recently looking for a building for the future of Fearless. And we went to this, uh, this, um, this temple, uh, this voodoo temple. And everyone's all nervous, so it's a voodoo temple. We walked in, there's a sign, the voodoo spirits. You know what voodoo is. I mean, they, they like stick dolls with pens and you get hurt and all this stuff like this, right? And I walked in thinking, man, God, I got to get prayed up. Uh, you know, this is going to be kind of crazy. I don't know if something weird's going to happen when I walk in or whatever. And I looked at the priest. He came by me, the priest. And I just looked him in the eyes. I thought, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, and the whole time I was there, I thought I was going to feel darkness. But I didn't. I felt like I could have a Jesus party right in the middle of that place. I felt no depression, I felt no, and I thought it was weird at first until I realized when the sun shows up, it's not looking for darkness, it's not worried about darkness, it's just the sun, and when the sun shows up to the party, the party can start. You are legend. Where's that football? Today? All you have to do, Damar, is catch it. You see, there's one person in the game today that will have the power. It's the guy who has the ball. Whoever has the ball today has the power to change the school. It's nothing about him. It's what he's carrying. It's what he's carrying that does the deed. It's what he's carrying that is attacked. It's not about him. You're not being attacked because of you. You're being attacked because of the Jesus inside of you. All hell's coming against you, but here's the good news. You have the ability and you've been chosen to run the ball through the uprights and to change the score. I'm not talking about Super Bowl Sunday. I'm talking about Super Soul Sunday and Super Soul Monday and Super Soul Tuesday. We have the ability to change the score. All you got to do is catch it. All you got to do is pick it up. Quit worrying about everybody else. Quit worrying if you have it. Look, if the ball is thrown to you, you either make a choice to just drop it and run away or you grab it. What if I fail? What? Well, if you don't, we're really going to fail. I dare you this year to cast off the works of darkness. You know what that verse says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12? It says, you're all in a race. Why keep running this race with things entangled around you? 
Take off the entanglements and run the race that has been marked out before you. Set your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Then you will be able to approve and test what he put inside of you. How do we become the light? We don't have to try. We just focus in on Jesus and walk around this earth and say, you've given me the choice to serve you or not. I can take the ball and I can change the score or I can just keep sitting here and pretending like a fan. But you have the jersey on. God has chosen you. We don't need any more fans for Jesus. We need some flames for Jesus. We need some people that will get on fire and say, God, I want to be used of you in a powerful way. If that's you today, if you're ready to catch what Jesus has for you in this room, I don't care if you came in an atheist. I don't care if you came in not believing in God. The ball is in the air. And he said, I'm not removing it. I can't take it back. He's like, I'll catch it got it man that's it that's what God's looking for a hungry heart says choose me if you're gonna pick anybody pick me I may not be the best in this room I may not be the fastest but I'll open my heart and take on what you have for me if you're in this room and you're ready to walk outside this room and be the light be the sons of God would you lift your hands I want to pray for you as we finish off here today would you just man how beautiful is this how beautiful is our anybody feel a little different Anybody got new glasses on today that you see some different things? Wave at me if before you came in this room, you felt like the least. Come on, you you said, that's me, man. I felt like the least. God's about to remind you every day that you say that, you're a legend. You're a legend. You're a legend. Lift your hands. God, I pray right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for this family. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would remind them of who they are. Breathe, Father. Come alive in them, God. Lord, they have the ability to change the score, God. And Lord, they have you blocking for them. They have you leading for them. Game over. Game over. Jesus, it's only a matter of time before darkness runs for every exit in their workplace, in their family. Thank you, Jesus, for these world changers. Say it with me. I am legend. I am legend. Come on, if you believe that, give Jesus a 30-second praise. Thanks for listening to another powerful message from Fearless LA. You can follow what's happening at Fearless by going to fearlessla.com, exploring the app, or looking us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. If you would like prayer, check out the prayer wall in the Fearless app. God bless you.